Hello and welcome to the DFS Coach Talk Podcast. Today is Friday, February 21st, and I am more excited than I could possibly be to dissect this nine-game incredible NBA slate this evening. Uh, It seemed like for so long we were without basketball with the All-Star break, and here we are uh, with some nice slates, you know, tonight with the, with the big 18 teams playing. And then this weekend we have, I believe, six or seven games, uh, both Saturday and Sunday. So great DFS action for sure. Uh, it was a great night last night. Uh, some really solid wins on, on DK and FanDuel. Really swept the board on DK. So that was a great way uh, to start out, and we want to keep uh, the momentum going today right into the weekend. So, very excited. Um, I'm going to be going solo today, so I'm uh, going to roll through this, and then uh, this weekend will be fantastic because both Saturday and Sunday, uh, Michael Apatria will be uh, on the shows with me, so that'll be fantastic. And uh, then uh, the shows all during the week next week uh, will have a lot of Mr. Andrew Hansen and a little of uh, Mike Apatria sprinkled in there. But those are the three uh, NBA uh, pros at uh, DFS Coach Talk. So you'll be hearing a lot of us. And hopefully uh, our audience, uh, you know, we had a really strong following uh, at hoop-ball.com where we did a lot of podcasting together the last three years. So Hopefully we get a lot of the, them to jump over here. Uh, you know, we're still partners with uh, hoop-ball.com. They do basically year-long uh, leagues, and we'll really help them, promote them, um, you know, come this summer as they get geared up for next season. And uh, they're going to return the favor by pushing a lot of the uh, stuff our way from the DFS side. So, you know, our... Our season consists of one day, like, you know, yesterday, it happened to be a great day, but now today we start from scratch and uh, we have to do it all over again. So I'm not going to chit chat a lot today uh, because it's a nine game slate and because there is a massive amount of uh, player news. So, uh, you know, that is really the main thing that we have to go over. Uh, We start every show. Uh, by going over the up-to-the-minute player news uh, that affects the slate. And I know sometimes it's a long list and it takes a little bit of time, but to me it's massively important because, as we all know, I mean, we need to know who's in, who's out, or who's questionable, especially with no late swap uh, on some of the sites. So let's start right off and dive in. A couple of things to mention before we get started. Remember, you can... Uh, reach out to us at dfscoachtalk.com. We have an awesome Discord in there where we're always talking strategy. Uh, We'd love to have you guys join us and gals. And uh, on Twitter, you can follow us at dfscoachtalk. And then, um, you know, three-step program, process, whatever you want to call it. And that's simple. You listen to this podcast every day seven-day-a-week free content in front of the paywall, best in the industry. You take that all in, get some ideas, get a little skeleton lineup built uh, in your head, or you can scratch some notes down, 
And then follow us all on Twitter and uh, at DFS Coach Talk for all of the uh, breaking news throughout the day, some of the strategy, uh, you know, if there's any coach talk, beat writer stuff that we're picking up. We're going to always share all of that uh, on our Twitter feeds and in our Discord. And then the third part is just planking down somewhere. You just got to sit there and be in front of your laptop or your computer or your phone, whatever, that last 30 minutes. Uh, you know, that's when we'll be releasing lineups, when the final changes, player uh, changes are made. And then obviously for all the early games, uh, we'll get all of the lineups for the starting teams uh, in that 7 Eastern uh, slot. Because the NBA, you know, as they know, as you know, they have to release uh, starting lineups 30 minutes before tip. So that's the three steps. Boom, boom, boom. So let's start with number one and attack all of the news. So here we go. Pull up a chair, grab a cup of coffee, get a little notepad because we got a lot of info. Uh, Some extremely important, some not as much, but we'll go through it. Okay, Wayne Ellington is going to play for the Knicks tonight. He was questionable before that, so he is ruled in. However, the big news there is Alfred Payton is ruled out. So, you know, we're going to have to talk about that a little bit later. Is it going to be a combination of the two backups uh, in Nidlakina and Smith Jr.? Or will they move R.J. Barrett over there to play some point like they did earlier in the season, again, that was with Fisdale. They have a different coach now. So we don't really know how that's going to play out, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, DJ Augustine is confirmed in. Uh, he had been out a little bit uh, with a knee bone irritation. Does not sound comfortable. And uh, that will cut in especially to Michael Carter-Williams minutes. Um, I think uh, pretty much... Fultz is, is safe, but uh, certainly Augustine will take a little bit from both, and Carter Williams will, uh, I'm sure, have his minutes reduced. Uh, Anthony Davis is always on this list, and he's always listed probable, and he has always played thus far when he's listed probable. So I'm not sure why they do that every single game. I think it's just because everybody's given so much noise to the fact that he always gets scratched, it seems like. But I expect him to play. He's 75% on this list. The same exact situation he's been like all season. So it says he has a sprained finger. Well, you know what? If a sprained finger does keep him out, that uh, I'm not even going to go there. All right. So we're, we expect him to play. Uh, Patrick McCaw for Toronto is doubtful. He's only 25% to play right now. That'll give a little uh, uh Lift in minutes to Terrence Davis and Matt Davis off the bench. So something to look at there. Uh, Elia Kobo is uh, probable for um, Phoenix. So I think he'll he'll probably uh, continue in that backup point guard role. Uh, Alfonso McKinney for Cleveland is out. Mike Conley is out again for Utah. So that uh, muddles things up a little bit there. Uh, he is out because of an illness, so we're expecting Royce O'Neal to, to jump into that starting lineup, but it definitely changes some things in that game tonight against San Antonio. So we'll go over that when we do the game breakout as well. Uh, some big news here, Ian Mahimi 
and Thomas Bryant are both listed as questionable. 50-50, we really, really need that news because we, we know that that game that uh, Washington-Cleveland uh, should be an absolute barn burner because they're the 29th and 30 ranked defensive teams in the league. So we need that news. If Mahimi and Bryant are out, uh, Mo Wagner's going to probably be like a, a free square uh, or, you know, uh, Roy Hashimura also jumps way up on the list. So that's something we got to follow uh, with uh, all afternoon for sure. Dario Saric is probable. Aaron Baines is probable. And DeAndre Ayton is probable. So how about that? They Looks like Phoenix front line is going to all be intact. Uh, I think Ayton will still dominate play in there. But, uh, you know, I know Monty, Coach Williams there, Monty Williams has flirted with playing Baines and Ayton at the same time a little bit and letting Ayton play facing the basket at the four. So, uh, let's, you know, we'll keep our, our ears and eyes open to, to see what, what Phoenix, uh, if they're tipping anything off with that. So uh, that definitely muddies that whole situation, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll uh, keep a close eye on it. Uh, T.J. Warren is questionable, 50-50 uh, for Indiana. That's big news, too, with their rotation. Kevin Love is playing, no minutes restriction, so... That's a good thing, and that's against Washington. Um, so we got to really uh, consider him in the mix. Jalen Brown is back. He is confirmed in. However, our man Kemba Walker is out. So he has a sore left knee, uh, which is uh, really surprising. Some of these guys came out of this All-Star weekend banged up. That's really uh, pretty sad that... Uh, we had some of those guys not be able to suit up here, but it definitely changes the whole rotation for Boston with Kemba out, and we'll go over, uh, you know, whose usage jumps the most. Uh, don't just fly to Wanamaker. Uh, you know, let's look at, you know, where who's distributing the ball and, and how things are working there uh, when Kemba's missed in the past. Mason Plumley is back. That's news for Denver. He had been out for a long time you know, a couple of weeks at least. And so that changes things. And Michael Porter Jr. is back. So the whole entire front line there uh, is is definitely going to be shifting around. And we'll see, uh, you know, if, if the Joker loses any minutes or how that whole rotation is going to work. So we'll, we'll break that down as well. Uh, Will Barton is questionable, 50-50 to play. That's monster news too, because he's a a pretty high usage, has the ball in his hands a lot, so we need to monitor the Will Barton news. Uh, Mario Hazonia is out. If you're playing Mario Hazonia, you need a new hobby. Uh, Nazir Little is confirmed in. He's been getting some minutes for Portland uh, at the four, so somebody to look at. Our man, we know Dame Lillard's going to be out for a while uh, with his injury, so he's out which definitely, uh, you know, makes a big difference in that Portland lineup for CJ and Anthony Simons and a few of those other guys. Uh, Mo Bamba is back and playing. He's 100% in. And then we know Mark Gasol remains out, but is expected back soon. So I know that was a lot, but like I say, that's going to have an impact on everything uh, for this slate 
throughout the entire day. So keep an eye out for uh, the questionable people for sure, and, and we'll go through it from there. All right, let's go. Game one, we got nine of them, so we're going to have some fun here. First game, 7 o'clock start. Cleveland Cavaliers at the Washington Wizards. The Wizards are a six-point favorite. The total's 236, an implied total of a big fat 121 for Washington, which is the second highest on the entire board, and a, a healthy one for Cleveland at 115. So right off the, the jump here, uh, this is going to be more than likely the highest-owned game, I think, for people because uh, it just, you know, we're looking at Cleveland is the 19th pace in, in pace in the league, which is a little below average, but they picked it up a little lately. Washington is sixth, so they get up and down. But here's the, the kicker. Uh, you know, got Cleveland is dead last in team defensive efficiency and Washington second to last. So these guys are experts at the Ole defense. So you got to look at just a ton of guys in this game are in play. I mean, Bradley Beal probably, you know, is the first guy to mention. I think he's in play. We know the Cleveland backcourt is is like historically bad. Uh, you know, I've looked back. I think in it's the worst defensive as far as efficiency goes backcourt in the last eight years in the NBA. So cannot overstate that. That even brings Ish Smith a little bit into play, but, you know, there's still some rotation of guys there. But the main guy to mention is Bradley Beal, and then we have to follow that center information because if Mahimi and uh, Bryant don't play, then then Wagner's got to be in there too. And I think Hashimura is a, a really, really good play. Uh, you know, he just – he can play like almost every position on the floor – and they're, you know, they've been putting him at center at times before his injury. So, uh, you know, I definitely like little mini Washington stack there. And on the Cleveland side, I think you got other guys that are super in play. I mean, Sexton and Garland both have to be considered. Uh, Bradley Beal right now is is ranked second to last uh, against uh, defense, real plus minus against the shooting guard position in the entire league. So, you know, depending on how they match up, more than likely, uh, I think he'll take Garland and Smith will start out on Sexton. But, you know, I like both of them in this game, especially Sexton, and uh, you got to consider him. Kevin Love is certainly a great play. I mean, Washington doesn't defend, and we know he can rain threes. We know that he can uh, rebound the heck out of the ball. So you've got to consider him. Uh, Tristan Thompson's coming off an absolutely ridiculous game where he was like 1% owned and threw up a, a 50-burger. So, I mean, you know, I wouldn't blame you for playing Tristan Thompson either. So, again, like I say, I mean, I know it's a nine-game slate. And you don't want to go overboard. But it's, you know, 236 is the over-under, which is the second highest total on the board. And you've got two teams that just don't defend. So, you know... All those players I mentioned, that's about seven guys, all in play. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to have uh, about four guys from this game in my lineup tonight. So it's a key, key game. I did want to mention that Cle this is the first night of a back-to-back -back for Cleveland. So, you know, 
that does put a little shade on, you know, a lot of times they'll sit love on one of the sides of the back-to-back. So I'm going to really watch the uh, coach talk and the and all of the news that, that comes through with the beat writers because, you know, if they're going to play Kevin Love 35 minutes tonight and then sit him tomorrow, then he's a phenomenal play. But if we hear he's going to try to play both sides of the back-to-back and they're going to limit him to, you know, upper 20s, then he obviously at his price and is, isn't as good of a play. So let's follow that news and uh, and see what it is. Washington has no didn't play yesterday, don't play tomorrow, so uh, they are wide open uh, to be to jump on. So, all right, game two that that'll be the longest we spend on a game because that really is to me the best game on the slate. The second game, Dallas Mavericks at Orlando Magic. Mavericks four point road favorite. Uh, total two nineteen and a half. Uh, 112 implied for Dallas, 108 for Orlando. Uh, certainly not as uh, great of a game as the one prior. You've got Dallas on the first night of a back-to-back. Uh, you know, we'll see if that affects much uh, in, in the past. Um, we've really had Luca, you know, just play monster minutes on both sides of back-to-backs and that not be much of a problem. Uh, Porzingis is the one that generally gets tweak down a little bit uh, and a little bit less uh, on the floor in back-to-back. So we have to see how that plays out. Um, Orlando's not played yesterday or tomorrow. Dallas is 22nd in pace, Orlando 28th. So there's a red flag for this game. And defensive efficiency, Dallas is 19th, a little below minimum, uh, middle of the road. Orlando's 7th, and they do grind it out and play some good D. Um and so they're, you know, they're definitely a team that has not, you know, put up monster DFS numbers or allowed monster DFS numbers. So as far as this game goes, you know, it may be a game uh, to steer from uh, with, with such a monster slate. Uh, I, I certainly don't blame anybody for playing Luka. I don't think Orlando has anybody that really can uh, sufficiently guard him. Um, and I think Luke would be a great play, but you know you can only pay up uh, for one or two guys on a, a slate this big. Um, but Luke is certainly one of the guys that you could. His price is high, but it's not unreasonable for the potential that he brings out there. So Luke is on my watch list and possibly uh, you know going to look at. He's the only Maverick though. Uh, like I mentioned. I'm not high on the Porzingis situation with the back-to-back, you know, if they're going to try to play him tomorrow. Uh, Orlando, you know, Vuk's a little too expensive. Um, You know, Fournier is okay, but the Mavs play a decent defense. So, I, you know, I think I'm going to steer clear of uh, Orlando today. All right, Um, let's go to the third game on the slate. Phoenix Suns at Toronto Raptors. We have the Raptors, a seven and a half point favorite, and it is a 229 total. Uh, implied Toronto 118, Phoenix 110 and a half. Again, we have uh, some player news we have to watch uh, for this game, but we know the, uh, the bigs are all back for Phoenix. So this should be a very interesting game, very playable game. 
Uh, Phoenix is on the first night of a back-to-back. Toronto's uh, not, uh, didn't play yesterday, and they don't play tomorrow. Pace, Phoenix 10th, Toronto 14th, both very respectable. But this, the, the red flag for me is Phoenix is 18th on defense, and they've been going down. But they a lot of that's because of the interior. And with, you know, Aiton had missed 25 games with his suspension. And then, you know, earlier in the year, Baines has been out a long time. And those two guys fortify and, and rim protect inside. So I think really their their defense is better than the ranking of 18. I You know, if you took out all the variables mathematically, and I have not done that, but I'm just going to presume, you know, they'd be probably like a, a ninth or 10th best defense in the league. So not somebody I target. And Toronto's second best defense to, uh, to Milwaukee in the entire league. So again, that puts, a, you know, it makes this game a little tough. The number's pretty good though. Uh, you know, 229 is a solid number. There are definitely some plays here. Aiton has been terrific. Um, you know, and Toronto, even though Abak is really solid at center, uh, they are not the same defensively in the interior without Marcus Saul. So Aiton becomes possible. But again, he's got, you know, maybe Baines cutting into some of that uh, if they're not going to play on the floor together. So I don't think I'm going to pay up for Aiton, but I, he's certainly worth a consideration. Um on the Toronto side, I think, you know, you've got to look at uh, possibly Fred Van Vliet. I like the, the fit for him in this game uh, versus that type of uh, the defense that Phoenix plays against uh, two guards and even the backcourt in general. I also like uh, Pascal Siakam in this game. You know, I think that uh, he just looks like such a stud right now. I mean, he's, he's really... I think taking that extra step, sort of like Bam Adebayo that we saw last night. You know, I think the fact that those guys both played in their first All-Star game, they just feel like they belong at that elite level now. It's like you could see, if you watch the game yesterday and watch Bam, there, I mean, it was unbelievable. Yes, he's been good all year, but I'm telling you, he took that court like, I am a badass, I belong, I'm the best player on the floor. And he brought... He played point uh, point center a lot of the time. I'd say there were at least 10 to 15 occasions that he rebounded the ball and brought it up the court. And, you know, he had seven assists, so he was dishing the ball great. And then he even made some moves one-on-one, went between the legs, you know, crossed the guy up and finished at the basket. So, you know, the reason I say that is I think we're going to see the same thing. Uh, I, I really do uh, in, in this game with Siakam because, you know, that that belief in yourself, once you're around that type of group and you're, you're, you feel like you're in there equally with LeBron and AD and Harden and Westbrook and all those guys, it, it, you see the level of their play go up. So I like the Siakam coming off the all-star break against Phoenix. I think he could be one of my strong plays today. I think he may go off here. Um, but this game is interesting. Certainly, you know, you can consider Kelly uh, Oubre Jr. He's been solid. Uh, and that's another option that you might want to consider. All right, 7.30 game again. Indiana Pacers at the Knicks. This one's not a great DFS game, I'll just tell you 
right off the jump. Uh, Indiana is a six and a half point road favorite. The uh, total is only 212, which is dead last, lowest number on the board, and implied 109.5 for Indiana, 102.5 for the Knicks. Uh, as far as pace, it stinks. Indiana 25th, Knicks 20th. Uh, defensively, Indiana is 11th, and the Knicks are 23rd, which is actually better than they used to be. So I don't know. You know, this game is not something that excites me. Uh, I'm only going to mention two players because they're the only two players that I would consider rostering to to make this game, not waste time on this game. Uh, You got to look at Sabonis a little bit on the pacer side. He's just been a monster and he is mispriced on a couple of the sites. So there is like a big difference in his pricing. So you got to look at where he's a value. And then on the Knicks side, Julius Randle, you know, since Morris left and he's really been given the keys to the car, if you will, and and now with Peyton out also, uh, you know, Randall could easily have a, a solid game. But remember, it's a slow pace, and Indiana is 11th in defense in the league. So that's really all I have on that one. I mean, it's, it's not uh, certainly a game I would recommend focusing on. Maybe uh, a one-off on Sabonis where he's a better value, and if you can fit the salary of a Randall, uh, then you have to consider him. Uh, put a little star by Mitch Robb, though. Mitchell Robinson is starting to get a little more run. And if he can stay out of foul trouble, uh, you know, he just puts up DFS points by the bunches. So he's certainly somebody to keep an eye uh, out for. Maybe not in this game, but definitely in the future. Okay, game five. We have our first 8 o'clock game Eastern. Celtics at the Timberwolves. Even with Kemba out, the Celtics are a seven-point road favorite. The total is 226, which is very reasonable. Boston, 116.5 implied, and Minnesota, 109.5. A couple of intriguing things here. Um, Neither team is on a back-to-back or play tomorrow. Uh, Boston is 15th in pace, and Minnesota is 7th. So there are going to be additional possessions and the ability to add some additional DFS points. Uh, Defensively, though, Boston is third. They're all the way up to third uh, team defensive efficiency in Minnesota 16th. So right sort in the middle of the pack. Um, You know, I think you got to look at Boston in the sense of without Kemba, you know, there definitely are some spikes in in usage. You see uh, when Kemba's out, Uh, Gordon Hayward actually plays a lot of point forward. Uh, They literally, uh, you know, when Wanamaker's not in there, I mean, he brings the ball up and uh, really handles the ball a lot. And if he doesn't, Jason Tatum does. So that, you know, just out of usage standpoint, I think you got to consider right off the top, uh, you have to consider Tatum and Brown um, because, just of the usage aspect, and Hayward, I'm sorry, those three. But uh, specifically Tatum and Hayward, and then third I would have Jalen Brown because he gets a usage jump of 4.5% with Kemba out as well. So all three of those are playable against uh, a team that uh, is fast-paced, that's just middle of the road defensively. Uh, I have no problem with playing a couple of Celtics tonight. 
you know, it's generally if they're all at full strength and everybody's playing, it's a little bit harder uh, to roster many of them because the pricing is a little tough. But when one of the main guys is out, like Kemba tonight, uh, they certainly become playable in a really uh, nice position against Minnesota. So um, if I had to rank them, I'd probably go Haywood, uh, well, Gordon Hayward, and then Tatum, and then Brown. Those would be the first three I'd look at. Um, on the Minnesota side, um, with Cat out, uh, from what I read, I have to double check on that to make sure uh, that's that's the case because that's the big news there. Let me see an update there. But Minnesota is in such a transition right now with all the different moves that they made that uh, you know it's hard to really get a, a real strong feeling of who is going to be you know who are going to be the go-to guys. So you know you have uh, D'Angelo Russell now who is. Uh, uh, very playable, and without t- Towns, yes, Cat is out for quite a while, by the way. It's a left wrist. So D'Angelo Russell has to be the first guy you think about just because of usage. He's going to be looked upon uh, to really score. Uh, I think that, that uh, you know, his price is a little high, um, and Boston's defense is so stout. You know, I'm a little hesitant. Um, You know, as far as the bigs, you know, you got to look a little bit at Hernan Gomez. He's cheap and he's been playing a a lot. Uh, Nas Reed also becomes uh, a possible play. And then sort of the guy I like the most is Malik Beasley, man. He, since he's come to Minnesota and been given a chance to start and really play, uh, he's been fantastic. And then uh, the other guy, you know, you got to consider James Johnson. I mean, he started at center the last game uh, with Cat out. So, you know, you got a lot of guys from Minnesota that you can pick from. It's just that you don't want to stack them because it's against a good Boston defense. But the pace is going to be good in this game. I think it's going to go a little overlooked. And I think uh, I think a lot of these guys are playable. The, all the people that I mentioned – I could easily see myself with one or two from Boston and and one or two from Minnesota. So, so far, this is the second uh, best game for me on the slate. And we just need to keep an eye on the news uh, as that unfolds also. Okay, at the midway point, well, a little over the midway point, we only have four games left. A couple things I wanted to mention real quickly is um, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Uh, We are at um, DFS Coach Talk, um, all, between all the pros, Mike, Andrew, and I, and then all we have seven guys that are attacking this uh, DFS Coach Talk uh, venture, and they're all in and out of uh, the uh, Twitter all day, and they're in our um, uh, chat uh, all the time as well, our Discord. So, you know, Fly in there and, and listen to us. But the, as far as the pros goes, I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Mike is at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. And Andrew is at Language Olympic, just like it sounds. And uh, definitely 
tweet us, you know, let us know what you think, uh, you know, give us ideas and suggestions. You know, we want to have a lot of, a uh, lot of interaction with our, our members and our, our listeners. Uh, I really think that's what's built up uh, such a big listenership in the last year. And we want to even grow that more and even be more serviceable to our, to our entire uh, group that's out there. Um, as I mentioned at the start of the show, uh, it's starting to leak into iTunes and some of the other places that hold uh, that you know share and put out the podcasts. Uh, we should be on iTunes by Monday. We're already on most of the places you can go. I'm recommending YouTube through the weekend, but you know you can certainly try to catch us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, and Spotify as well as YouTube. So. Jump on there. We do ask you this. This is really the only thing we ask every show is, uh, you know, take 15 to 30 seconds. It's really important to rate, review, subscribe to, you know, whichever forum you're listening uh, to, uh, to us on. On YouTube, click that thumbs up. That's really important to us. And click the little bell icon on, on YouTube because then as soon as we publish the pod, which I'll be doing here uh, in just a bit, um, you will get uh, information saying a new pod's just been posted. So we're going to always release the show around one, between one and two in the afternoon on the East Coast uh, because we want to get the up-to-date, uh, you know, totals and game t- uh, spreads and player news. We want to give you good info. It's Yes, a lot, you know, things are going to change between now and lock. But at least we're giving you a good, solid feeling uh, of what everything looks like. So, uh, and and definitely, you know, once we, we have the iTunes uh, on there, hit the five stars. Give us a, a quick comment. The reason we really want to build this up and get the good reviews and everything is it moves you up the ladder as far as searches. When somebody's looking for DFS, NBA, etc., those keywords, you know, the more... Uh, activity and likes you get, you, you move up the, the chart there. So we really want you to uh, do that for us. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, and that's it. So, all right, Fourth, uh, four games left. Denver, Oklahoma City, also an 8 o'clock game. This looks like a close spread, but a low-scoring game. Thunder favored by 1.5 at home. It's a 2.15 uh, over under 108.5 implied for Oklahoma City, 107 for Denver. Um, we've got slow teams. Denver, second slowest team in the league, 29th. Oklahoma City, 23rd. Defensively, they both D it up. Denver, 9th. Oklahoma City, 12th. So we've got the slow pace, good defense, low total. That's usually pass, pass, and pass. But, you know, it's certainly worth looking at anyway, and we'll talk about it briefly. Uh, Obviously, you know, I'm stacking a few games, and with nine games on the slate, you can only play so many guys. So I can tell you right now the chances of me uh, playing anybody at all from this game are slim. Um, I do want to hear the Will Barton news, as we said earlier He's 50-50 and questionable. That could bring somebody into play uh, if he sits. So keep a close eye on that. Uh, You know, the Thunder, 
you know, with, with Paul and Shea, they always are in play just because they, they really uh, dominate a lot of the time for the Thunder. But I just don't think at their prices that you get enough value for the amount of possessions uh, that are going to be had in this game. Uh, neither team is on a second night or first night of a back-to-back either, so that is something to consider. But I am ready to move on. Uh, three games left, 9 o'clock game, sits alone at 9. San Antonio Spurs at the Utah Jazz, Jazz minus 7. The total is 224, implied Jazz 115.5, Spurs 108.5. So, interesting. Um, as far as pace goes, the Spurs are 16 and Utah's 21st. So, we're not going to get... A lot of up and down action here, uh, and that certainly is a little bit of concern. Utah is on the first night of a back-to-back, and they're going to be playing without Mike Conley. So I don't know if if that's just because they don't want to play him on back-to-backs, and he may play tomorrow. Uh, We have to keep an eye on that. But it does affect usage for Utah, uh, you know, and you have to look at a couple of the guys here. Uh, Go Bears, you know, obviously played really well in the in the uh, All Star game. You know, maybe he'll have a little carryover, uh, a positive carryover into you know with that. Uh, so you gotta you know consider him. Donovan Mitchell uh, is certainly a playable uh, guy in this situation. I don't think you have to go down to a, a Royce O'Neal, even though you know he may get the start or some of the the bench guys. Now, Jordan Clarkson, you know, he's a good guy to take on a three, four-game slate where you're looking for a nice deal. But I just don't really want to take guys like that that are more boom or bust. Now, he has been great since he's went over there, and he may be the guy that ends up, you know, uh, really blowing up on in this game. But I think he'll be highly owned uh, with Conley out. Uh, but his price is right. And, you know, you know, if it's Marcus and uh, DeRozan, both of those guys uh, can potentially have a good game. It's just hard going to Utah uh, and the elevation there. Um, I'm just not super comfortable with with rostering many jazz here. But those are the two guys I would think about. Uh, Pirtle could get more of a run than he normally does because somebody's got to guard Gobert. Uh, so that at a super cheap value price at least puts him in the, the player pool to be considered. So uh, that's really all I have there. Definitely not one of my target games, uh, but uh, you may be able to, to, to grab a guy that can make uh, an impact for you. Okay, speaking of impactful games, we do have two late night hammer games, late night sweat Two 10-30 games uh, that stand alone. So if you're going to play the two-game two late-night card, two, that's that's going to be a nice little uh, two games to play with, with, with big totals and teams that get up and down. So, again, here's the other, the other game with, with Cleveland-Washington that's probably going to be uh, close to the highest owned. I would say... These last two games and that Cleveland Washington game, you will have the most will have the most exposure. Uh, it's the Pelicans at Trailblazers. Pelicans are a five point road favorite, which is pretty alarming uh, considering 
if you look at the Pelicans' record, but Portland has played like garbage, Dame's out, and, you know, I get it. Vegas really uh, made a big jump there with putting them a five-point road favorite. That's the highest total on the board, 238.5. The single highest implied total, Pelicans, 121.5. To be a road, highest implied total is pretty impressive. And 117 is no slouch. For Portland, considering Dame's out and, you know, he can drop 50 on you. So, you know, there's so many guys to talk about in this game. I mean, let's face it. I mean, Drew Holiday is a terrific play. Brandon Ingram, fantastic play. One of my favorites. I love Brandon Ingram tonight. Um, You know, there's a lot of other options you can go cheaper with uh, that have been getting good playing time and been putting up decent numbers. You, you have Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart uh, for two. Uh, you know, those are the guys I sort of like. I'm not, uh, I don't feel good about really the, the five man uh, or the bit, most of the bigs for the Pelicans between uh, the rotation that they have with Favors and Melly and Jackson Hayes. So I'm going to steer clear of that. But the backcourt guys for the Pelicans are hugely in play here. And we'll definitely make some of my lineups. Um, also, as far as Portland goes, uh, you've got a, an opportunity here. You know, if they're going to have put up the 117 implied total that's there, and they're not going to get a point from Dame, which they're not because he's not going to play, you know, we're talking about big games from guys like C.J. McCollum, who's going to be pretty highly owned. Carmelo Anthony, believe it or not, is going to get a decent amount of ownership. Uh, I think Trevor Ariza is a terrific play. I think uh, bargain basement somewhat, Anthony Simons becomes a really good play. Um, And certainly Whiteside is a terrific play because usage uh, with Dame out, everybody's usage goes up. And, you know, all of those players could be key to, uh, you know, really being able to not get passed by everybody in these late games, you know, watching this game just blow up. So I think you have to have some exposure here. I really do. And maybe multiple players are, you know, that would be my consideration. Um, You know, one or two Pelicans, probably one for me and probably two Trailblazers. So I'm probably out of my lineup, uh, like eight out of my nine guys, for example, on FanDuel are going to come from the three games uh, that I've talked about that I really like tonight, and that's Cleveland, Washington. Uh, what was the other game? Well, we know the Pelicans and Blazers, and then the other one was Phoenix and Toronto. I think you've got uh, some guys there, and Boston, Minnesota. That was it, Boston, Minnesota. I'm sorry. Boston, Minnesota is the sleeper of the the three that I, I think I'm going to roster the most guys in. Um so a great game, a lot of exposure there. Fun to, like I say, I'm going to play some two-game late slates as well just because these last two games are so juicy. But uh, but that's it. Uh, you know, I know I didn't narrow it down much there, but there's just so many guys in play, and we just need to watch the news and see. Uh, it's going to be salary, tough on the salary, salary tonight. It's a hard word for me to say for some reason. Uh, and... You know, it's there's not a lot of, of value that just jumps out at you uh, like normally would be on a big slate like this. There is some, uh, 
and you know we, we may have to get some news on these last guys that are 50-50 questionable to play to get some of that news, but there definitely is some. Okay, last game on the board. Another exciting one, 10-30. Memphis Grizzlies at the LA Lakers. It's the only double-digit spread, though. Lakers are 11-point favorites, certainly the potential for a blowout. So that is a, uh, one concern. And a, a lot of that is because Memphis, Memphis is on the second night of a back-to-back. That's a concern. So, you know, that's definitely something you got to look at. But the number is 234, so it's the third-highest total. Uh, 122.5, that is actually the biggest implied total. I was wrong. Lakers have the biggest implied. Uh, second is the Pelicans, and third is the Wizards. So 122.5 is Lakers, 111.5 the Grizz, uh, you know, Okay, where do we start? This is the headache game for me because you have to there's there's multiple things that have major impacts on slates that I believe uh, can shift a slate one way or the other. Is somebody on a back-to-back? Yes, we know Memphis is that that has an effect. Secondly, um, is it a double-digit spread is you know with a some high possibility of blowout? It is. There's no doubt the Lakers are a much, much better team than the Grizz. Uh, Those are two factors. Um, The other factor is defensively, these teams aren't that bad. Memphis is up to 17th and the Lakers are fourth. So they, you know, they have some shutdown guys, you know, Davis and Bradley and and Danny Green. You know, those guys are all defensive NBA uh, under their belt kind of guys. So, you know, there's some flags there that scare me a little bit. Again, this that's why this game is not in my top three stack games, but I think people are going to just load the heck up on this. You're going to have a ton of ownership on, on LeBron and AD, and you're going to have a, a lot uh, on Jaw. I think you're going to see some on Triple J and Joe Val. Um, and, you know, so you're going to get a decent amount of guys rostered here. Um you know, pace of play is good. Memphis is fifth. Lakers are 13th. So they are going to get up and down. Uh, you know, it's just a, a clash of all of the different things. There's there's some flags that say, you know, play this game, stack this game. But then there's also uh, some red flags that, that make it a little bit of a concern. Um, certainly want to have at least a little exposure here. Um you know, the dilemma is always, is it LeBron or is it AD? Um, and the, then the second dilemma is, it does it blow out? And is it are they the, the two reasons that it does? And a lot of times they are. So it's not as uh, comforting, you know, knowing that, okay, we've got issues of possible blowout. We have issues of minutes played uh, based on that. Um, but... You know, you know that, you know, like I say, the comfort comes from knowing that generally it's AD and LeBron that are doing all the damage. So um, I doubt that I'm going to pay up for those guys, but I certainly wouldn't uh, blame you for making either one of them. I think LeBron will be a little higher owned than Davis, um, uh, but I, I, I could see making either one of them, you know, one of your pillar plays, but um, I don't believe I'm going to go there. Um, I do like some of the Memphis guys, a sneaker play is Joe Val tonight. And I know Anthony Davis is phenomenal defensively and Dwight Howard and, uh, 
and uh, JaVel McGee are terrific. So, you know, never, you're really not supposed to play bigs against the Lakers unless something bizarre, but, you know, Joe Val has had a, a good history uh, against the Lakers. He's he played very minimal minutes last night, uh, like twenty or something, and he wasn't hurt. I, I scoured everywhere; he wasn't hurt that I saw. So uh, I I don't know if I'll I won't play him on a cash game, but I that's a guy that could be a sneaky guy that could get 40, 50 uh, DFS points. Uh, on a GPP. So it's just something to keep in mind. Um, I'm not going with Jaw. I think, you know, Avery Bradley will, will, could stone him pretty good, and he, he turns the ball over. Uh, even Dylan Brooks, he's a favorite for people to play because he's not that expensive and he does well. But, you know, Danny Green is a hell of a defender, and uh, that's who's going to principally be guarding him. So, like I say, it's weird because I know this is going to be a highly owned game, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I very well may end up with zero players, take the opposite stand, and just have that stack of the Pelicans and Blazers and hope that uh, the Grizz Lakers blow out and the Pelicans Blazers is competitive and uh, blows it out of the water. Because, uh, you know, you, you've got to take a stand on some of the guys. You can't roster everybody. Um, if you pay up, for the LeBrons and you pay up for the Lucas and you pay up, you know, for the Anthony Davis guys of the world here uh, on this slate, uh, it's going to really knock you out of taking some of those great guys that are just one level below in pricing uh, that we talked about. Those Boston guys, um, you know, we talked about uh, uh, Siakam from Toronto, Beal from Washington. So, I mean, you know, I'm probably going to favor a little bit more on my cash side of strong players, but uh, a little bit more of an even build as a, you know, I'm definitely not going to go stars and scrubs. I don't think you can afford to, like, in my opinion, have Luca and Bradley Beal and somebody like Siakam or Luca and Anthony Davis and, and somebody like Beal or whatever. You, you know, if you're putting three high-priced guys like that in your lineup, uh, you're going to have to really be stars and scrubs. And I just don't think there's enough scrubs that can get you home. And, you know, let's face it, man, you cannot take any low scores. I mean, you know, the days of being able to cash on FanDuel with 360 uh, are sometimes over. Um, you better be in the 400s, low 400s, on a slate like this, or you're not going to be cashing much. So, you know, if, if you look at it that way and you break it down, that means you need your guys scoring 35, 40, between 35 and 40 each to get you to the finish line. So, you know, can you take a, a chance on, you know, an ancillary guy that, you know, you just want to take a, a shot at, like a, a Pirtle because he's cheap, or an Anthony Simons, or people, or Dylan Bro- or uh, Brooks. Uh, you know those guys. Yeah, they're pretty inexpensive. But what if they do give you 17 or 18 fantasy points? Uh, then you're in a little bit of trouble. So DraftKings, you can get away with a little bit more. You know the the pricing there. Last night, you know I swept everything I was in, and I only had 327. 
which on FanDuel would get you, you know, a bowl of soup and a free hat. That's about it. So, you know, you got to look at which site you're playing on and you got to figure out, you know, where you're going to get that scoring. And there is a lot of uh, discrepancies in pricing tonight, that, again, that I noticed. And that's been a real trend. Uh, check out a Sabonis, Simons, Ingram, uh, James Johnson, Hernan Gomez, Hashimura. Uh, a lot of those guys I just mentioned, you know, there's 500 price price difference, a thousand price difference between mainly DraftKings and FanDuel. So you got to weigh all that in and build different lineups, you know, with whatever site you're playing on. I have generally played on FanDuel and DraftKings, but I've also played on Fantasy Draft and Yahoo. I like all four. They're all completely different. You have to build lineups completely different. But I'm right now focusing strictly uh, for this period on FanDuel and DraftKings because I really want to build up, uh, you know, our followers uh, and members are generally telling me those are the two sites they're playing the most by far. So I'm going to focus on those. And, you know, when I'm doing the podcast and Mike and Andrew and I have talked about this, when we're doing the podcast and we're putting out our lines, you know, those are going to be the two sites that we're focusing on. But trust me, you can easily transfer those players uh, to those other sites depending on where they're priced better and where they're not. And if you've been on Yahoo before, it's really interesting on there because you'll have like the most expensive guy on the slate maybe is like Anthony Davis at $53 or something like that. And then there's a whole bunch of minimal price players that are only $10 where you can get some real steals. So it's just a whole different mindset on build and cost and pricing, but it's fun. You know, they're all fun. So I would say, you know, the best contest by far are FanDuel and DraftKings, but you can make money on all of them, especially as a cash player. Um, you know, and then if you're a GPP player, you certainly want to play uh, the sites with, with the better contests. But that's it. Uh, I don't want to go much longer because we got to get this out there so everybody can hear it. Um, this weekend, uh, when Mike and I are doing the shows, again, we have like six game slates. So we'll have a little smidgen of time. Uh, we've gotten a lot of requests to talk about bankroll management and strategy and, you know, some of the websites we're looking at that, that are helping us do our research. You know, for me, I generally spend, and this is the truth, I generally spend about an hour to two hours the night before setting everything up uh, with a slate, looking at everything, and then a good five or six hours uh, preparation prior to doing this podcast as far as looking at all of the player news, uh, the matchups, et cetera, et cetera. So, it, you know, it's there's a lot of, lot I'm, you know, we're, we're going to be sharing with you on these podcasts. And, you know, the majority of it's going to be very solid and it's going to follow through right up until lock. But what you have to realize is, you know, we mentioned about six people that are questionable and they're going to have an impact on the slate. So you've got to follow us on Twitter uh, as much as you can. You know, just if you stay with us at DFS Coach Talk, you're going to see everything uh, on Twitter. And then uh, just keep an eye out for all of that news that happens because it will shift some things. And then that last 30 minutes uh, on our Discord at... uh, 
is going to be key. You know, you want to be there with us at DFSCoachTalk.com and in our Discord because we're going to have lines. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, how things are panning out right up until lock. And there are times where, you know, you, you put a line together and 10 minutes before you find out a guy is out sick and it dominoes into about three different moves you have to make in your lineup. So we're going to be moving on our feet there right before lock to make sure that we don't have any mistakes or, you know, uh, miss anything. So you want to definitely, wherever you got to do it, whether it's at your desk at work and headphones at home, uh, don't drive and try to do any of this. Jump off at a Starbucks and grab a coffee and finish it up. Whatever you have to do, you don't want to invest in these contests and not, you know, be positive that you have the best possible lineup to win. Okay, last couple of things I want to mention. Um, You know, again, a lot of the reason we're doing this show is because, you know, the tragedy that happened with Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna uh, really sparked us to get out there and do something. You know, take the stand, have the guts to do it, put in the work. You know, all the stuff that made up the Mamba mentality. And for those of you that have listen to me on podcast this year and or members uh, with our team here, you know that, you know, my, my background in coaching, I got to coach against uh, Kobe in the state finals in, in 96 in Pennsylvania when he played for Lower Marion. And then I got to assistant coach on a team of AAU All-Stars uh, where he played uh, a game against the Ohio All-Stars. So I got to see it firsthand, which, you know, I mean, it hit everybody in the basketball world hard, and I'm still trying to deal with it here three weeks into it or whatever. But, you know, I'm telling you this again today. I know I mentioned it yesterday, but for those that are just starting to be new listeners, I want to give you a little idea why this is important to us. And so getting to see Kobe uh, firsthand, just, you know, the work ethic, everything you've heard, just multiply it by like five. You talk about first guy in Last guy out, watches everything, you know, he eats and drinks, just like total commitment. Uh, Just awesome to watch. And, you know, he did that not just in basketball, as you saw with his career, as soon as he got out. You know, he started all these leagues. He had women's basketball taken off. He won an Oscar, for God's sake. So, you know, he's just so uh, motivational. And I really think that's, you know, I know that's what sparked me. To, to jump out of the box and go after this and, and try to really do something good and something fun. So anyway, I tell that story, and hopefully I won't have to tell it very often, but I just want to make sure our listeners know. But we're going to end close to every show at the end mentioning uh, the fund that's been set up because we really recommend that, that people donate to this fund. It was set up by Kobe's wife, Vanessa, and it's for the other seven survivors seven people that passed away in the helicopter to their families who are left, you know, some of them with not very much. And, you know, yes, uh, the Bryants are taken care of, but uh, not those other people that perish. So go to mambaon3.org, and it's all spelled out, M-A-M-B-A-O-N-T-H-R-E-E.org, and, uh, and, you know, contribute. If you know when if you hit hit something good from one of our lines, and you cash you know cash out pretty good, you know throw something in there, man. It it makes you feel good. Uh, you know 
the bottom line is this hit all of us hard in the basketball community. And when I say basketball community, it's all of us that love the game, watch the game, play DFS, the whole nine yards. If you're sold out on NBA and NBA action, uh, the Kobe thing hit you. So, you know, uh, this is a good way to give back and a, and a good thing and a great cause. So we appreciate it. So that is where we stand. Tomorrow is going to be fun because I get to do the show with Apatria and carry his tail through the show. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, he's a, he is a good guy, and I can't wait to get him on. Uh, we did a show yesterday with Andrew. That was a blast. Andrew is a GPP magician, as is uh, Mr. Apatria. So I can't wait to get him on there tomorrow. It's going to be a blast. So... That is it. Uh, you know, tweet us, email us, follow us, whatever you need to do. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, you know, give us ideas, give us some feedback. We're we're growing. We're new in, in the space, so we're excited about it. So I want to thank you all for joining me for another episode of DFS Coach Talk. We will catch you again tomorrow when we look to crush it in NBA DFS.